All right, and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. I know it's been a few weeks, but we are back and we are ready to bring you some great live podcasting action. So I guess this week we'll start off, we have a really good lineup for you, and we'll start off with what are you doing Wednesday? And we'll throw it over to Illegal, who, so for those of you who are wondering why where we've been the last couple weeks, we've been having some technical difficulties because the internet in Illegal's building is not very proficient at streaming and live streaming. Boom, shots fired. Yeah. So you can just say you can just say it. I mean, it's it, guys, it's my fault. You know, I'll I'll own this uh, as my problem and, and my cross to bear. Um, when I was looking for apartments in the area where I live, I decided that I wanted a place with bad internet, which most people choose places with good internet. But I decided to kind of go off the beaten track, pick a place with bad internet because I thought it would make my life more interesting and more exciting. And in a sense, that's what happened. But in a much more real sense, it just makes me sad all the time. Um, So that's why uh, we've been having some difficulties. But uh, the good news is that I've been doing a lot in the past few weeks. So now I have a lot to talk about for what are you doing Wednesday? so, getting right into it, uh, I saw Infinity War recently, which we're going to talk about, so I won't really talk too much about that. Uh, I watched the NFL draft, which we're also going to talk about, but more generally, uh, the semester is coming to an end, and it feels pretty amazing, I'm not going to lie. Uh, yes, I'm still a student. I know I sound like a 45 to 50-year-old man. I hope I sound like a 45 to 50-year-old man. But in actuality, I'm just a lowly student, and uh, summer's starting. Today was the first day where I lived that was over 80 degrees all year, and uh, I'm just I'm just living my best life at this point. Uh, other things that I have done, I feel like I'm missing a lot. Uh, see, the problem is, I'm looking at the topics we're going to discuss today, and I'm realizing that all the things that I would say are things that we're going to talk about because I also just started a book, but we're going to talk about summer reads. So I'm really just introducing all the topics for you guys. Um, I will, in that case, throw it over to Technic One. So I pretty much had the same kind of week. Uh, Watched the NFL draft, saw Avengers, and (laughs) coincidentally enough, um, recently procured my next read because I finally finished the trilogy that I've been reading for what would it be now three years yeah I think it's been the better part of two or three years I'm a slow reader I mean that's a year per book that's not bad (laughs) it's probably more than most Americans do that is a very true and sad point unfortunately I do recommend Nexus by the way if you're into uh, sci-fi fiction but like kind of could be a real reality in the future type fiction where it's really not way off the beaten path. Is there actually a statistic on how many books the average American reads per year? I'm going to say I'm the average. I'm going to just go ahead and say I am average American male. All right. So you keep talking and I'm going to Google it because we're living in the 21st century. All right. So while you Google that, I'll talk about what my last couple of weeks have been like. Um, so I'll throw in my hat. I did the same thing where I watched the NFL draft and I went to see the Avengers and I watched the NHL draft lottery, which we won't be talking about today. But I will say that 
Um, the Sabres did win the number one draft pick in the NHL lottery, so that is exciting. Um, the other thing that happened to me this past couple of weeks is I got a brand new car, so it's very snazzy. I've been driving a four wheel or front wheel drive sedan for the longest time, and so I finally upgraded, got myself a really nice, fancy sport version of a car that's all wheel drive. I've got a sunroof. It, I've got all the fancy safety features which is actually kind of scary. Um, so I have the safety feature where the car will actually take over your steering wheel if it detects that you're going out of the lane that you're in and it'll redirect you to recenter you back in the lane. So I hadn't taken the car really out on the throughway when I test drove it. So we get on the throughway and I hit some construction. So there, you know how they like paint over lines and there's two sets of lines and it's kind of confusing even if you don't have a car that's trying to automate your drive. So I'm driving along and all of a sudden the steering wheel is jerking back and forth and I didn't know what was going on. And it's because when the guy was showing me all the features, we had never turned that off. So like my first five minutes in my new car, I thought I was going to crash and die. And I'm sure Tectic was super frightened by the entire experience, but we figured it out. I was now laughing. It's fantastic. I love my car and I'm geeking out about it. So that's been So it tried to... It tried to steer you back into a different, like, it tried to steer you out of a lane because the construction lines were all messing it up? Well, it wasn't, like, doing a drastic steering, but it was... wobbling. Yeah, it was wobbling back and forth because I would hit one line because there was, like, the old line. So it would hit that, and then it would direct me to the right, but then it would run into the new line that they painted down and then hit me back to the left. So it was, like, a wobble left and right for a little bit, and it was not the best scenario you know when you're messing with your passengers and you go look at me and you aggressively go left right left right left right to make your car wobble right all the time That's i do that oh come on you know exactly what i'm talking about no i'm being 100 percent serious i do that a lot and people don't appreciate it but i do well that's basically what my car was doing to me and i did not appreciate that it's scarier when a robot's doing it, I imagine, than when a human's doing it. Because you can see the human doing it. You can't see the robot doing it. Well, if we're talking about fun car things, I got to learn where all my my tire jack and everything like that is in my vehicle for the first time. Because I ran over a, a screw. So that was that was a good what you do on Wednesday moment. Did you change the tire? Yeah. You changed the t- by yourself? Yes. Oh, man, sometime you're going to have to, we're going to have to sit down, you're going to have to draw a diagram for me. I've never changed a flat tire. I, if you put me on the side of the road without AAA with a flat tire, I'd just, I'd, I'd abandon the car and just live in the woods. Hashtag first world problems. Damn right. Well, so now that we've kind of wrapped up the what are you doing Wednesday, still waiting on those stats for the reading rates in America. Oh, I've got them. Oh, I've, I've got them. Um, yeah, let me hit you with these. Uh, so we were actually totally wrong uh, in our in – our, I think we kind of estimated that uh, Tectic was around the average. Apparently, according to a Pew Research – I think it's a Pew Research – yeah, Pew Research Center 2015 – uh, here's some numbers for you, some quick-hitting stats. Roughly 72% of American adults read a book in 2015, continuing a gradual decline over the past five years. Um, the average number of books each person read over the course of a year was 12. Wow. That's actually but really the most, impressive. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But it says that number is inflated by the most avid readers. The most frequently reported number was four books per year. So I think this stat is like kind of weird because I think – 
what they did was they said, okay, which of you have read at least one book? Seventy-two percent of people said. Email by any chance? Uh, it does. It actually does. I can tell you quite a bit more. Uh, as far as which group, like demographic, reads the most, uh, it says women tend to read more than men, which doesn't surprise me. I don't know if it surprises you, Tactic. Um, and as far as like the uh, economic background of those women, educated, affluent women apparently read the most. About seventy percent, seventy-seven percent of American women read a book in twenty fifteen compared with 67% of American guys. Also, the average woman reads 14 books in a 12-month span, while the average man read only nine. Across both genders, readership also went up with education and income. Uh, that's, uh, there's a lot. I, I wish I could just read you this entire, this entire thing. Here's, a, here's one more fun question. Which country do you think reads the most? India. Uh, Nirbamar, any guesses? I'm go with Japan. Okay. Uh, tactic, you nailed it. India is number one. Really? So, so this, yeah, the metric here is actually uh, hours spent reading per person per week. And India was at the top with 10 hours and 42 minutes a week. Uh, Japan actually is barely even on this chart. Uh, it's second from the bottom, which I think would put it... Oh boy, how many how many numbers are here? There are thirty total countries, so it'd be twenty nine out of everyone. America's actually ahead of Japan. You guys aren't curious why I just jumped on that and had it right the first guess? Because you are secretly in India right now. No, it actually goes a little bit into that that demographic in the Nexus book that I spent the last three years reading. So that's how I knew that. They talk about like reading habits in India in the book you read. They talk about educational trends per country. Ah, well, yeah, I know. I mean, we we all have engineering backgrounds. I think we kind of have a sense that uh, specifically to engineering, but probably in general, the Indian education system is pretty intense. Reading, reading intensive, and just all in all, intense. pretty good. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's intense and intensive at the same time. Um, this is an interesting article, but uh, I guess I'll, I'll cap that there because, like I said, I could go on forever, but let's In other not. words, you're saying you urge people to read the article about reading. Yeah, it's like meta-reading. Readception. But that makes me feel better that I'm closer to the average male than I am the average female. Way to go, me. I yeah, I don't know where I stack up in that survey. I definitely have not. I definitely don't read twelve books a year. I can tell you that right now. I wish I did, but I don't. So I actually, um, not to plug an app, and we're not sponsored by them in any way. But I do use Goodreads to track how many books that I read in a year, um, mostly just because I like their, their recommendation system. So I track how many books. Um, so this year already, I've read thirteen books. Um, Wait, from 2018 or like a 365 days in the last year? In 2018, I've read 13 books so far. And I believe last year, I don't remember it. I'm having a hard time navigating to 2017, but my goal was, um, I think, in the 30s. And I definitely met my goal. That's, I mean, congrats. Some of those Uh, last year were graphic novels. So those I kind of paced through a little bit faster. But I would say on average I'm in the 20s and 30s for how many books I read in a year. You're such a nerd bomber. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. So so some of them were graphic novels, and then the other ones were like like chapter books, right? Like Magic Treehouse and stuff? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, I'm like that was a joke, but real time, real talk. Those are good. Magic Treehouse is dope. Yeah, th- those are good books. If you haven't read the Magic Treehouse books, I don't care how old you are, go read them. You'll get something out of them. I guess that brings that way us into our first topic for our what is the weekly roundup of topics. And I know this one wasn't first on our, on our docket of things to discuss, but it just feels like too good of a segue. So what is the book you're most looking forward to reading this summer? I mean, summer is the time when I read the most. I'm sitting by the pool, and I like to crack open a book. The sun is shining down. I don't have to really, like, worry about the world. I can just soak up the sun and read a book. So what books are you guys looking forward to reading this summer? Ooh, ooh me. Ooh, can I go, for, can I go first? Okay. Or wait. Yes. Okay. Uh, don't worry, I'll be quick. Uh, I actually just got a book from the library today, and uh, again, I'm a student. I go to a university, and the weird thing about university libraries is that when they when you rent a book from the university library, they're not like, oh, return it in ten days. They're like, take it for three months. So I have it for the whole summer, and it's a book. I'm going nonfiction, guys, which I know is probably not what you would expect. Uh, I'm reading a book about writing. Ooh. So I'm. Yeah, I'm getting kind of meta, you know. I want to try my hand at, like, writing, possibly screenwriting, because I watch a lot of movies. I definitely, in terms of statistics, I definitely watch more movies than the average person, and I feel like that has to translate into some kind of skill, so I'm going to try pursuing that. Um, So that would be, like, my, that's my first thing on my radar. But as far as, like, uh, fiction picks goes, I also have, like, I think five or six Stephen King books that I haven't read, which isn't saying much because he has about a hundred books, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I really like Stephen King. Uh, I've read a, a number of his things already. So I'm looking to kind of burn through those. And like you said, summer is just a time when you can pretty much just read with reckless abandon. You can lose entire days. And that's definitely when I get the most of my reading done. So if your reading, uh, screenwriting career takes off, can you promise me a role in one of your, movies hopefully it's like extra number two like that's kind of what i'm going for i don't want to be like the number one extra but i don't want to be at the bottom of the of the tier you know you basically want the screen time without the responsibility and i see exactly where you're coming from um i would like so i feel like i should be able to work I have a few ideas for movies, and I feel like at least one of them I should be able to work in some kind of podcast host or talk radio host. So my question for you is, would you be comfortable saying a few lines? Oh, no, I just wanted to you – ever, you ever see those Bigfoot sightings where he's doing that, that like, long-armed, leisurely walk through the woods? You, yeah, like how I walk regularly, you mean? That's how I want to walk in the background. That's pretty much the extent of my role. But, like, more screen time than extra number three. Now, would you be okay with playing Bigfoot himself? I would 100% be okay with playing Bigfoot himself. I'd get to put on tall right. shoes. I'm not a tall guy. I'll mark you down, mark you down for, for Bigfoot. I, you could pull it off. I mean, you might have to like grow like your hair and beard and like Height. body hair. and your Yeah, like your body. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the details. Sweet. All right, so Tactic, then what kind of book are you looking forward to reading? I think I already know this, but I'll let you tell our guests and our listeners. Okay, the book is called Influx. It is, again, a sci-fi fiction. That is my genre. I eat that stuff up. Um, And here's here's the premise. Hold on, excuse me. In a world 
where the government controls all technology, only leaking out tiny bits of technology such that they can monopolize and profit at their will. One man set out to blow the secret wide open. That's kind of the book. Um, so if you didn't understand what the heck I was talking about, which is more I than didn't. likely, um, the book is about that the technology we, we live in today is far less than the technology that's actually available. And what it, what it is is the government regulates the technology that is open to the public such that, A, they always have the advantage against the public, right, if there's ever a, a, an uprising or whatever, and B, because then they can, by preventing the general public from advancing its technology, they can sort of monopolize and predict that market on where it's going to trend. So That's a very interesting concept. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this book. Now, uh, as someone who knows a lot less, can I talk to the movie trailer guy again? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're the guy I want to talk to. What, what do you think the odds are, uh, from a scale of 1 to 100, much like a percentage would be, uh, that this sort of scenario about uh, limiting the influx of technology is actually happening in real life? In a world where fiction novels are actually Nonfiction, I would say. It's pretty likely. Wow, you actually think it's pretty likely? Yeah, oh yeah. How, to what extent? So, this, is, this is a very essentially deep topic, know, but I want to dig into here. it. I really do, but... You don't. I can already tell you don't. Here, oh, this person's got a cure for cancer, or th- that person's got a cure for, for AIDS, right? But, but you never see mm-hmm. it released. I hear that every day. You do no. <laughs> there's there's all these articles and medical documents about this, and yes, it has to be FDA approved. However, um, and, and actually, a better argument. Let's let's roll back. Um, I I really hate to go here because because I, I'm not a big advocate of it, but cannabis, right? Everyone says that it's a sure. cure for this, cure for that, cure for this. I don't know the science behind it, if it is or isn't, but. What I've heard is that is heavily heavily regulated because it's hard for the government to tax. Is that true? Right. Does that kind of correlate to, to this premise? If that is true, yes. Right. There, there's an example right. right there in real world applications. So, so you're you're talking primarily in the medical field, but I, I think in general, what's what's scariest about that concept and that premise for this book is that there's a huge amount of motivation in real life for the government to actually do this. Like, Get. if you want to keep people under your thumb, like, that's the way to do it, ideally. Think so, yeah, I can definitely imagine it happening. Big one, right? Everyone drives cars. There's there's so much technology for fuel-efficient transportation that removes us from being dependent on fossil fuels. Why are we dragging our feet right. on that? It, it, it's, it's head-scratching, right? It makes you wonder. And then, granted, yes, the paradigm shift takes time to go to these more efficient methods, but is there things that are high taxes to drive high market price so that everyone doesn't just buy these vehicles, right? What are these hoops that are preventing these things? And and who knows, right? We can only speculate. Yeah, it's, 
definitely a sobering thought. Let me know how the book is. <laughs> let oh. me know. Yeah, upon reading it, let me know if you still believe the premise to be believable. I will let you know. It's got very good reviews on Amazon. Who Who's the author? Uh, Daniel Suarez, I believe. I don't know why I expected to know. Like, I, I don't have any feelers out in that genre. Um, but, yeah, is it part of a trilogy or a franchise or anything, or is it just a one-off? Right now, I believe it's the a one-off. Um, I haven't dug deep. I was at the library. I saw the book. I said, wow, I'm going to buy this book because there's no way that I'll be able to have it for three months and finish it. I mean, that's as deep as you need to dig at the library. So. Yeah, so that's what I do. I go. I typically go in the nonfiction section, read the backs of books, and pick one that tickles my fancy. Well, this book is fiction, though, right? Oh, did I say nonfiction? I meant to say fiction. Okay. Yeah. Are you telling me that this is a nonfiction book? <laughs> fiction, fiction. No conspiracies here. Not yet, anyways. Nerd Bomber, what about you? All right, so I've already kind of started my summer reading. Um, I've been on this trend lately where I go into the library and I pick like five books and I have them for a month and I read through them and then I move on and get five new ones. But Yeah, so I can see how you've already read 14 books or whatever you said before. Um, starting to add up. So I was a really big fan of the Red Rising series back when that first came out. Um, that's a trilogy. I think it started as a young adult trilogy, but then it moved into adult themes because um, it was just a very violent type book. Um, and that trilogy ended a few years ago, and the author decided to continue by starting a new trilogy. So, like, that first three books could easily be read, and then you could put it down and never come back to it. But he wanted to explore the world that he built and continue seeing what happened after that ended. So he started up a new trilogy, and the first book in that new trilogy is called Iron Gold, and that just came out, I think, in the last couple months. So I picked that up at the library, and I'm really excited to delve back into that world. Although it's been really difficult because it's one of those books where they have a lot of like terms and lingos that are very unique to the series. And the book just assumes that you remember a lot of that stuff, and it's been really tough. The first couple of chapters, I've been like pulling my teeth trying to remember some of the stuff. Um, How long ago did you read the older ones? Oh, I read them all when they came out, and I think the last one came out in 2016. So it's been at least a year since I've read them. And I mean, and for me, a year, that's a long time. I don't remember what happens in most books. Oh, it's more than enough time for me. I, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. Like, you don't have to explain it to me. I think it's one of those things, like, I don't like reading or watching things in a series unless I know that the next one is already out. And I think that's why, like, binge-watching TV shows that are over really appeals to me, because I just don't remember. I hate having to, like, call back from a week or even, like, a month or a year ago what happened. I hate that. So. Right. I'm looking forward to that. And then my parents got me Meddling Kids, which was a mystery book that was based off of Scooby-Doo, kind of. Um, and my parents got me that because I really wanted that back for the holidays. And I never picked it up to read it, so I'm really hoping I can get around to that. Libraries, man. The, the greatest inventions in the world. Thanks. Shout out to libraries everywhere. Like, can we just take a, like, a moment of silence or something? Way to go, libraries. 
Yeah. But yeah, you, you, like what you said about movies and, and TV, and to kind of segue into another one of our topics, if you're ready, like, I don't know about you guys, but when I saw Infinity, and like, I've seen pretty much all the Marvel movies with the exception of Thor of the Dark World. Uh, but Infinity War, like, and also, spoilerific, this is going to be spoiler-tastic. If you're listening and you haven't seen the movie, you, I, I don't know. Turn it off or keep listening, but you're going to get spoiled. Yeah, let's uh, um, so let's just say, like, spoilers for the next 15 seconds or something like that. Like, spoiler! Spoiler for Infinity War! If you're just tuning in, spoilers! Turn it off! I think that's... There's... There's... I feel like there are spoilers. There's going to be spoilers. So, has it been 15 seconds yet? I think I think we're good. I think we did the due diligence okay. there. We're okay. But I, I mean, so I, I'm sure we all have thoughts. Uh, I, it's, it was just like nonstop. There's so many people. Like everyone. The thing about it is like the action scenes were just. Oh my god, they're unbelievable. They're crazy. There's these huge fights, but like every character, there's so many characters that they only get like one line each, and you have to try and connect all these threads from old movies, some of which you saw years ago, and it's kind of daunting, right? I mean, great movie. Like my my initial thoughts on it, just to give a, a star rating, it's for but that's a huge wall to climb over with this movie. Do, do you guys agree? I do agree. I thought it was a pretty good movie. Um... I don't know if I'd go into great movie. I think that was one of my major issues. There were some plot holes, too, that I didn't necessarily like. But the action was incredible, but it was very daunting. There was a lot of stuff you had to pull together from... God, this has been a decade? A decade of these movies. Right. And and it, it jumps right, like... I, I remember very vividly... I mean, I saw it yesterday. So, like, that is one thing I do remember. I don't remember much. But, like, the very first scene is Thor and Loki are on this ship and Thanos comes up and like they're fighting and stuff and I'm, I immediately turn to my girlfriend and I'm like I'm already confused where are they where are we in time and space right now because you just never know in Marvel movies who's going to meet up with who and what time it is and just who has what infinity stone and like it all weaves together to form a pretty pleasing tapestry but you have to keep up with it you have to keep your head above water and if you don't do that it's easy to get uh, lost pretty quick. I have two specific, very specific complaints about this movie. Okay. Okay. First complaint. They're on Titan. It, it's yes. Spider-Man, Iron Man, and the Guardians fighting Thanos. Okay? They had a pretty solid plan. Right? Yeah. Um, I think I know where this is going. They put him to sleep. Okay. Yeah. Gamora has already died, but at that point in time, hey, you know, let me screw up this whole plan and just punch him in the face. Or, or, or yeah. yeah. Uh, Nerd Bomber made this comment. Just slit his throat right there. Yeah. Like, right. At that point, why are you trying to pull the gauntlet off of his arm? Just kill him and be done with it. Right, and like, I, oh my god, I, I was so upset, and I even said, as as the lights came up and the credits rolled, I turned to the people I saw the movie with, and I was like, they'd all still be alive if it wasn't for stupid Star-Lord. He, he, he couldn't keep his cool for like two seconds, and like, a friend of mine was like, that was so dumb, because like, 
he's never like Star Lord is a quirky character. He's a fun character, but he's never been stupid. Like in all the movie, in the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies, he's never been an idiot, and that made him look just like an idiot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can understand from the emotional standpoint if someone told you that they basically killed the person that you were in love with. I'm sure you wouldn't handle it very well. But the other thing about that scene in particular that did confuse me as a plot hole. So, assuming that Doctor Strange looks into the future and he sees all of these different scenarios. So, if he knew that would fail, etc. And, like, he seemed to be convinced at the time, in the moment, that that was, like, the right path to take to beat Thanos. So, knowing that that would happen and that Star-Lord would freak out, wouldn't he be able to see in the future and be like, Hey, man, I'm going to tell you this now, so don't freak out, because otherwise then we're all going to die. And like, well, I, I mean, the one scenario, the one possible scenario where everyone was saved. But I still like, I feel like you could have ended it right there as long as he didn't freak out and you could have just prevented that and then killed Thanos. And it's it just right. I mean, a little I, bit too convenient yes. for them to just milk this. My, my counter argument, my counter argument to that is that like, I mean, like you said, and now we're going to bleed into a discussion of the ending, but like Dr. Strange saw all these scenarios and he saw one positive outcome and he probably saw scenarios in which exactly what you suggest happened where he was like okay we have this plan we're going to get him star lord don't be an idiot and then they kill him but then like it's butterfly effect right so like then something else could happen where someone else picks up the infinity gauntlet who mm-hmm. shouldn't have it and then bad things happen like i, I don't know I, I mean i have a lot of respect and admiration for Doctor Strange as a character. I like Doctor Strange. According to the comics, he's supposedly the most powerful, like pretty much right next to like Hulk and Thanos in terms of most powerful beings that exist. So when he says this is the only way and, you know, he turns to dust, I believe him. And like, obviously, I, I think that all the people who quote unquote died, I mean, they're going to be back. We all know they're going to be back. Okay. So it's just said, a matter of when and how. I said I have two specific grievances. Um, that yeah. one could be explained away, like you had just said, through Doctor mm-hmm. Strange. But this I, one, I still didn't like it either. I, I, I should say I agree with you as far as that grievance goes. But go on. My other gripe with the way that this film was done is solely based on the way it was done and has nothing to do with the story itself. Um, yeah. And that is, they had said that um, Scarlet Witch is the only one who could destroy Vis- the Mind Stone in Vision's head. And then just didn't elaborate why. Right? You have this almighty gemstone, and you're just going to say, yeah, she can destroy it. You guys are just going to be cool with that. Yeah, they, they very, if I remember correctly, they very vaguely mentioned energy signatures or something. But, like, but that's the thing about this movie is... There's so much going on. There's so many characters. There's so many moons being dropped on people's heads that, like, they can't take the time. It was already two and a half hours. They can't take the time to stop and say, all right, let's, so, let's actually flesh this out of the plot device. So that should have been, in my opinion, right, they, they've kind of had this plan for years. And that should have been flushed right. out when Quicksilver was around. And the reason why is because... If you notice, she's red and Quicksilver's blue. They have these two energy signatures coming off of them. And that's because right. Quicksilver Silver and Scarlet Rich were experiments. And that's how they got they, their powers from the Germans. Mm-hmm. Okay, and where do you think they got their powers? 
similar colors, might I suggest? The Space Stone and the Reality Stone. It kind of matches their powers. So that's why they had the... Oh, I, I never put that together. Yeah. Is that in the comics? Yeah. That's why they had the similar s- signatures, right, as far as the energy coming off them. But they never took the time to elaborate that. You were just like... They were just like, you're going to be cool with that, right, fans? Okay. Yeah, that was more of a failure, I think, in the older movies to set that up. They just completely... I mean, they gave everyone, for the most part, a pretty decent backstory. But considering that she became such an important element in this movie, I feel like they really did her character a disservice by not really delving into her backstory in previous installments. And if you weren't a comic book fan, like you said, you never put that together. That's crazy. In my opinion, I think right. you should have just skipped that whole nonsense and went a different route. If, if they're not going right. to I mean, the backstory, don't make her such an imperative role. You made a, you, That's a good point. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I'm literally just learning about this. And, like, it would have added something to... Because, like, Age of Ultron was the first movie where they really showed up. And, like, to me, Age of Ultron is one of the weaker Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that discussion probably would have added a lot. Oh. And right before I saw Infinity War, like, I actually did an exercise uh, on my own where I sat down and said, okay, here's the 18 Marvel movies that have happened so far where would I rank them in terms of which ones I like and which ones I don't like? And Age of Ultron, I know, was in the lower half. So I don't know exactly where it sat, but it was in the lower half. From Age of Ultron, so, if you had to rank Vision's power from 1 to 10, how powerful would you say that Vision was? In Age of Ultron? Yes. Oh, boy, he'd have to be an 8 or a 9. Okay, now you put him to uh, Infinity War. How strong is he? Well, he's neutered immediately in Infinity War because they're messing with the stone, right? I mean, I, I didn't question that much either. Maybe I should have. But, like, it pretty much immediately, you know, they get attacked from Scotland and the guy's trying to wrench the thing out of his head and he starts, like, glitching out or whatever. And I was pretty much just like, oh, I guess he's neutered now. And then he pretty much didn't contribute anything. There were a couple of neutered characters. Hulk was also, like, painfully neutered. That, Hulk that didn't show up. Too. I mean, Hulk was in it for like 30 seconds in the very beginning of the movie, and then Hulk was not in it. Let's talk about right, Thor yeah, Ragnarok right. versus Infinity War. Thor Ragnarok, Hulk says, I don't, want, I don't want Bruce to come out. Now we go to Infinity War. I want to stay in. What? And I think that was a continuation somewhat of that storyline where it was the internal struggle between the two characters that make up the Hulk and Bruce Banner. But I felt like... It was wasted. Also, I will say, the CGI in this movie was incredible, but I do feel bad the only time where I noticed the CGI was just so bad. And it was just one spot in the movie. And it was at the very end when they have Bruce Banner's head on the Hulkbuster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So out of place. And the entire movie was totally believable, and the CGI was incredible. And then you just hit that one scene, and it was maybe like 30 seconds. You're like, that just looked goofy. It was funny. Well, and it it was so I I personally like I I see where you're going with the the whole thing being a continuation of the Ragnarok storyline, but like to me it feels like a cop out. Like Hulk is like I said before, like he's top three most powerful beings. So like maybe not against Thanos. Like in the beginning, you see that he doesn't really stand up to Thanos super well. But like all those guys on Wakanda, if the Hulk had showed up in all the wars. He would have been as close to fight because he would have just he would have done similar to what Thor did when Thor showed up, which is just go beast mode and wreck everyone. 
Hulk. So like to me, it felt a little bit like a plot thing where they were like, oh well, Hulk's too powerful, so let's just let's neuter him and put him in the Hulkbuster suit, and like provide he'll provide minimal comic relief and maybe one or two cool fight scenes. I I, I don't know. That was one of my other minor reps. I mean, to me, it was a very very good movie. Um, it was it set out it set out to do a certain thing, and it did that thing very well. It just um, feels in- well at the same time kind of subverting all the expectations I had. I mean, I thought that Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor were toast. I was kind of hoping for that. it turns out they were some of the few that wound up surviving. I was really... So I'm really curious what's going to happen with Avengers 4, and we could spend a bunch of time speculating. I don't know if you guys want to. I have one... I had one more request from the directors. So, one of the lines that Thanos had said was, when it's all said and done... He wants to watch the sun rise on the galaxy. Okay? So the end scene. He's okay. sitting in his throne. He watches the sun rise. What I was hoping for was an overcast that day. How upset would Thanos have been? I did all that work and he's got a cloudy day. Would have been fantastic. Yeah, but he's got the reality stone to change that. Oh, don't you ruin this for me. I will say, um, I feel like we've been only harping on the negative things, but... Um, I did really enjoy Thanos as a villain. He was one of the few villains where I felt like his story and his motives were very believable. Like, they weren't, he wasn't just some dastardly evil guy trying to destroy the earth because rah, 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 I want to take over the world. Like, they gave him a pretty good backstory, and some of that comes just from the source material. But they definitely did a really good job, I felt like, in fleshing out this character who they've teased for... God, 10 years. I like that they made you feel for him with uh, Gamora and him throwing her off the cliff. He shed a single tear. Total cliche, but I loved it. For sure. I mean, he, he's, he's definitely upper crust of villains. Like like you said, his motives are, are believable. And at times, you, you could even go as far as to say he has good intentions, but he's also a, a total psycho. So it, he, he's got depth as a villain. And I'm glad, you know, I said at the end that he'll be back. And I, not that I didn't expect him to be back, but like, I, I'm, he's totally screwed too. They're gonna, he's gonna die. But I think it's good that they're giving him a couple movies for sure. I will say the one thing that really upset me. So as you guys know, and I've said this many, many times in the podcast, and even during the movie, like when he was not one of the people to die, that all of my friends turned to look at me, and I was just like, Argh. when Captain America did not die. And Groot did. I think I was, like, the angriest human being I've been in a very long time. Like, that just pissed me off. And I am stereotypical. I'm also not a Captain America fan. I love Groot, and I know that's super stereotypical because Groot is cute, but I just... Groot is amazing. If you dig into his comic backstory, the world of Groots, plural, are amazing. I love Groots. And that trade-off, just... I hated it. And I hated it. Not great. I know they're going to rectify it, but I just hated it. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine my guess at this point, and I think the guess of many people, is that the people that survived this movie, most of them are going to die. Like, I, I think it's going to flip. I, based purely on contractual obligations to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, those guys are dying, and like... Because like, when you're watching the, the whole scene where they all fade away into dust, and you see Black Panther and Spider-Man go to dust, you know you know that that's not going to stick. 
they're they're going to be back. It's just a matter of whether they use the time stone and like reverse everything, or like it's a matter of figuring out where they even are. Are they in Soul World? Like, yeah, there's there's a lot to be said about the ending. Best um, in the whole movie when Nick Fury goes to dust and he goes mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I I felt go sorry. Go ahead. I felt so stupid, like, watching that post-credit scene and then the zoom in on that little symbol on the beeper. And I was like, oh, what is that? Who is that? And then afterwards, I was like, I looked it up and I was like, I should have known who it was. The same thing. Yeah, who did like, you think it was? I thought it was the Nova uh, team from Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I like, to me, I was, I, there was only one other movie that I knew of where I didn't know who the person was already and it was Captain Marvel. So, like, when I saw that it was Captain Marvel, I was like, oh, I I probably could have just guessed that myself, but I didn't know what the symbol looked like. I will say... What, what do you guys... Oops, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, the most probably affecting scene that I had, so, like, Gamora dying was super sad, whatever. I mean, it it really just showed Thanos' death as a character, but I was unexpectedly, like, really emotional when Spider-Man died. That was just mean. It was like... Oh, yeah, well, that was sad. Yeah, like, that was just... I wasn't expecting it to be that sad because everyone else fading away was just kind of like... Deuces. Oh. Well, no, I mean, like, it was sad, but it wasn't like... I wasn't super personally affected by it. And then, for whatever reason, that just hit me right in the heartstrings, man. It was not cool. No one likes to see him well, die. Uh, well, and everyone else was like, like, Bucky and, and Groot. And like, they're all, they were all just kind of, like, confused. They were just like, oh, what's happening? And then they were gone. But, like, Spider-Man with Tony Stark, who's, like, his major mentor and everything, he's like... I can feel it. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And you're like, wow, I don't want you to go either. And then, yeah, that was definitely like the most emotional of the, of the dust moments for sure. I think that alone makes him one of my favorite Spider-Men. Like of the ones that we've had, like that's some pretty good acting. No way. Toby for life. Ugh. Shout out to Toby Maguire. My favorite Spider-Man. Forever my favorite Spider-Man. Tom Holland's definitely second. Yeah, Andrew Garfield is dumpster garbage. Shout out to Andrew Garfield. You suck at being Spider-Man. <laughs> Roasted. So, with that, should we move into? There's no, there's no good segue to talk about the NFL draft, is there? No, not really. I mean, who would you draft for your final Avengers to not have died? Now we will talk about the NFL draft. (laughs) That's the best thing. I was all ready to, I was ready to start drafting Avengers there. That we should do that another time. Because I think that'd be an interesting experiment. That's Ooh, where they disappeared Avengers off draft. to. That's where they disappeared off to. They went to my draft lottery. Um. So, did you guys watch the draft? Yes. We did watch the draft. So I I said I did, but I I didn't actually. I I watched the draft happen on my phone, as in I heard what picks were, but I didn't actually watch it on on the on the old television. I mean, that's really all you needed to do. Um, I guess right. I'll start it off. What was the biggest surprise of the draft for you guys? Let's just say, like, the first even 10, 15 picks, because, honestly, outside of the first round, who actually really watched? So, I'm going to start, yeah. and, uh, and not, nothing was really a surprise for me. Um, more of a teams I'm most excited to see develop. Um, really excited for the Giants pick. They picked, uh, what's that running back's name? Oh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, he is a phenomenal athlete. I'm really excited to see good things coming out of that team. Uh, another team I'm excited for is the New York Jets. Um, I grew up a Jets mm-hmm. fan. Excited to see him get a talented quarterback, see where that develops. And, Sorry, uh, that's our dog. 
Last but not least, I'm excited to see if the Bills can pull off another season like they did last year. But uh, I'm going to hand this off to you guys, see what you guys think. So for me, um, my biggest surprise of the draft, uh, there are actually twofold things. So the first one was Cleveland hanging on to the number four pick. So I thought for sure that, I mean, they have a lot of holes on their roster that they have to fill. And I thought for sure that after taking Baker Mayfield at number one, like they had their quarterback, then they would trade out of four and get like reap a huge reward, get a bunch of picks, fill out their roster, call it a day. And I was really surprised that that is not what they did and that they held on to that pick. And not only that, but that they picked Denzel Ward. And there's nothing against Ward as a player, but with Chubb still available, I wasn't really sure like why they picked him. It seemed like a little bit of a reach. So that was super confusing for me. Um, the other thing was Buffalo, and I was born and raised a Bills fan. And so when the Buffalo Bills traded up, I thought for sure that they would take Josh Rosen of the two Joshes left available, um, simply because Josh Allen really seemed like a project pick. And reading a lot of analysts, he's got a lot of great upside, but also has the biggest potential to bust. And with Buffalo not having a great history of quarterbacks since pretty much Jim Kelly, I thought for sure they would go with like the quote-unquote sure thing. And so I was very shocked and surprised when they ended up picking Allen. So that was another weird thing, and I still don't know how I feel about that as a Bills fan. So Yeah, so so you you pretty much stole mine. I I mean I I'm I'm a homer. I I know generally what the first few picks were, but I don't know a whole lot outside of like the 10th pick. All I know is that when I saw Josh Allen to the Bills, I was initially and you know this, Nerd Bomber, initially to me it seemed like the most Bills move ever to make. Like leave Josh Rosen on the board and take Josh Allen just oh man I'm I'm getting mad now just I'm I'm better now like I'm coming around on it but at the time I was just so furious and that's boiling through now um I don't know I don't know where it leaves us I like our other pick we we also reached uh we didn't reach but we traded up again didn't we to get that linebacker yeah Tremaine Edmonds yeah which like most people saw that and were like that is a very good and savvy pick. Um, and, like, I, I don't follow college ball, so I don't really know. But everyone else liked it, so I was like, yeah, good bills, yes. But, like, the Josh Allen thing, everything I heard leading up to the draft was, okay, it's Rosen, Mayfield, and Darnold. And, like, probably Darnold. I was hearing Darnold most as number one. And, like, definitely those were the top three. And Allen was, like, wavering in that four zone. And then that story broke with him, too, about his old tweets, which, like, that's a whole other ball yarn. But, like, ah, that really bothered me. We, we traded up when we, when we arguably could have gotten in at the pick we were at. So I just don't know how I feel about it. I, I think most people think the Bills had a good draft. Um, I don't know where I stand on it yet. I guess I'll know in a few months. I do think that it was also very interesting um, that, I guess, again, that the Giants pass on having a quarterback. Like, I know Eli Manning is still kicking around, but you'd think that they want would want to draft a quarterback now. And, like, Barkley is going to be a Hall of Famer, and I think all the analysts when I was watching the draft said, like, that's a really good pick because you know he's going to be your running back for the next decade, and he's going to make the Pro Bowl next year. He's going to light the 
NFL on fire. But at the same time, like, Eli Manning's only getting older. So you'd think they want to they wanted to get somebody, but... I mean, yeah, but, like, at the same time, who... Can you name their current running back who's not Saquon Barkley? Because I'm not even sure that I can. I think Shane Marine's still knocking around that team. Uh, I'm trying to think. They had somebody really good last year for at least a little bit. I know they've had Rashad Jennings. Ahmad Bradshaw might be a much older person than I'm letting on. A lot of guys who you barely remember their names, but they're not any good. Mm-hmm. Well, I know um, right now is... they have Jonathan Stewart, I think. Didn't they pick him up? Oh, he's not on the Panthers anymore? I don't think so. Let me, I'll tell you what. I think Let me they, give this a quick Google. They signed quick him in March. But, I mean, um, he's 30, so he's not going to be around forever either. He's solid, though. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let, me, let me take a look on the old Electronic Sports Network website. Uh, yeah, Wayne Gallman, Jonathan Stewart, and Paul Perkins. Paul Perkins is a rookie that they drafted last, I think last year or two years ago, and I drafted him in my fantasy league because everyone was like, oh, he's a sleeper pick, he's going to blow up, and then he was total hot garbage. So I guess I was totally wrong about the two guys that I mentioned, too. I guess Shane Vereen's not on the team anymore. Wow. Too bad, so sad. That's really. But yeah, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the draft is that now we wait. What? When do train, training camps start? Like two months from now? I think so. In, in most cases. Yeah. So settle in, I guess. Was it July? It's yeah. So summertime. I don't know. Yeah. It's gonna be wild. Twenty eighteen. Speaking of wild, um. This will be a quick segment before we move on to our trivia game. But um, Kanye West dropped some new beats. And I don't know if you Did he ever had a chance to listen to his two songs that he released today. I think it was today. but um, No, it was, it was over the weekend. Was I think. It was either over the weekend or late last week. Okay, well, did you guys get a chance to listen to them? And what did you think? Yeah, so... Um, I don't remember the names of them. The one that that doesn't have TI on it. I mean, total just complete garbage. That was but, like, so bizarre. It, there was like didn't at the end of that song he's literally like be ba do ba di ba bop. It was classic. Yeah, he it was strange. Not that poopity poop. He was just shouting poop at one point. Like that's where we are now with with Kanye. And oh man, I, I want to tell the listeners what this song is called. So I'm gonna look it up really quick. But it's it's literally just it's a sample that's like kind of good. And then he pretty much doesn't rap at all, except for the last thirty seconds. And he's just saying scoopy poopy, whoopity poop, poop poop. And uh, you think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. I, That's honestly, literally what it is. The deal between him and his wife that he just trolls America and makes... At this point, I'm inclined so to agree. I also think he might have mental health issues, but he's a whole other thing. Um, the song is called Lift Yourself, and that's not what I want to do after I hear the song. No. Is lift myself. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, Ye versus the People? So it was very interesting. Um, it was basically Kanye and T.I. basically debating politics, what it sounded like in a rap song, which to me that's when I like Kanye at his best is when he is rapping about politics and just like social injustice. I think that some of his best work comes out of that thing or that to- those topics, but 
there was something about the song that I don't know if it was just the beat. It just didn't resonate. I don't know. I, yeah, like I, I really liked the concept. Like the concept was really good, but yeah, I agree. The execution was not really there. Someone else I talked to you about it said that they couldn't understand Ti very well. That's true. Um, I think that was part of the issue. Is that it didn't seem like much of a debate because I didn't understand Ti. And I think we might have lost Illegal. Um, we're going to call him back. But um, Tactic, what did you think of the song? Same kind of, I agree with your output. It, it, I like, in theory, the concept sounds good, but the execution was poor. And and like I said, I, I, I'm 100% behind that no effort was actually done here. And he did it merely just to get a quick buck and troll America. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, and we have a legal back with us. Sorry about that. We're I'm, we're back, back on. Uh, what I miss? My input, like five seconds. Is pretty much on par with Nerd Bombers. Right. Um, I I think the to summarize, Kanye is it's not good, man. He's got a he got up his game. Uh. He's also just like tweeting. Have you guys seen his Twitter? That's a whole. We should save that for another time. But man, his Twitter is really insane right now. I mean, he's mm-hmm. gone crazy on Twitter in the past. That's where he makes his income. It's it's all a ploy, and it it's working. We are. I, I mean, suckers. I'm inclined to agree. Like, I think to an extent. I'm not sure if he is now, but I know. I don't know, but I'm pretty confident that at least one point, Kanye, like you said, he was trolling everybody. He was like, I'm I'm just making some crazy stuff, but people are listening to it and liking it because I'm who I am, and the shock value is so, so damn high. Okay. With that, I have been dying to host the trivia game for quite some time now. I earned my stripes. It is my turn. My time to share. Let's do this. So, the trivia will be iconic television quotes that you shouldn't be able to forget. So. Ooh, I love this. This is amazing. I'm going to open with this quote, and you have to tell me the name of the show. Okay. I am the one who knocks. Uh, Breaking Bad. Bingo. Oh, Wow. I wasn't even close. Okay, this is a great show. one for you, Nerd Bomber. Let's see if you can get it. What you talking about, Willis? Different strokes. Come on. I not? didn't watch that. I never watched that show. Me neither, but, I mean, yeah, different I strokes, y'all. That. So wait, is this... Different strokes for different folks. Best out of five or best out of what? Let's do five because I'm going to run through these. Well, okay. so that means that Illegal could potentially win on the next one. Or do you have first to get to five. first to five? Okay. Okay. First to five. Okay. All right. So you better get this one. Treat yourself. Oh, um, mm, Parks and Recreation. Oh, Parks and Rec. Sugar. Oh man, I'm so <laughs> bad at this. I, that is another I, one for illegal with a three streaker. I'm unstoppable. Combo breaker. I don't even know how to help you now at this point. Let's see here. Uh, I don't think either of you will know this, but let's let's try it. Oi, with the poodles already. 
Uh, Any guesses? Can I guess? Sure. Uh, I'm going to guess Frasier. No. I might have put it a heavy Jewish accent on it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Seinfeld? It's totally unrelated to the show. Again. Okay, it's not... It's. It doesn't, it doesn't, we're both wrong. It's fine. <laughs> okay, it was Gilmore Girls. Oh, man. I didn't watch that either. I didn't. I did way back in the day. Really? I did, but it, it, sparingly. I, I, I didn't, like, religiously watch it, so right. I, I might have missed that episode or Real something. Real easy one for you. How you doing? Okay. Oh, Friends. Oh, my goodness. I just, I give up. What is wrong with me? All right, this is a four straight run. We might see a clean sweep, folks. I feel like I should take this show on the road. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is the one for the win. Does Illegal have it in him? Let's find out. Let's see if I can maybe help Nerd Bomber a little bit. I mean, <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> Give me something from something I watch. I, I did s- several times. Uh, let's see. I'm ready. Um. Is that the is that the quote? That could be from anything. Oh no, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh my god! <laughs> that I can't believe it. Also, did I do it? Note, did I do it? Happy 19th birthday to SpongeBob SquarePants. Can I just throw that out there? You are the link. I am so bad at this. This is not my strong suit. Good. Shout luck. out to SpongeBob. Uh, SpongeBob. Oh, from the the SpongeBob musical just want, got nominated for like a bunch of like Tonys or something. Did it? Which I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. When I'm going to see that. Wait. So SpongeBob, amazing show. Let's let's do one more for redemption, okay? That sure, sure. Winter's coming. Ooh, Game of Thrones. I got one. Wow. Wow. That well, was spoon-fed, though. Illegal still won, but yeah. at least she redeemed herself to some extent. Uh, I, I will start planning the. I'll start planning the next game. Nerdbomb, I'll try to make it uh, a little less one-sided. Make it something I'm good at. Uh, send me a list of, of those things as soon as you can. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, on that note, that was our episode for the the week. And we hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll see you back here in two Wednesdays from now. Adios. Adios.